the City Podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Keys to the City, the first edition of the 2023 New Year. We want to just, because we haven't seen anybody, we just want to wish quickly a happy New Year to everyone, all of our followers and fans. There's only been, we've been doing this show for about five years now. We talk about, you know, the one thing that we're so passionate about. We love sports. It's it's our life, but this is probably the second show in our five years that it feels like the only other show I could think of that just had like an eerie feeling. And we're going to talk a little New York Giants in a little, but it's a bigger, there's a bigger situation going on. And it's the perspective of life. And, you know, you hear, you hear the saying of dying on the field, play till you die in the field. And literally, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happened. You never want to think that that could happen. But last night was unthinkable. And like I said, two, we've been doing this for five years now. The only other show I could ever think of of being this type of feeling is the day that the world stopped in the sense of COVID. And that's the only other show I can think of that really you come on here. Look, we were ready to come on and have and talk about the biggest game of this entire NFL season. It's been a wild, a fantastic NFL season. I'm not going to take away from any of that. But that was just an afterthought. That was that was not the I don't know the words to think of It was just to think and to see what transpired last night to process all of it. it. It's scary. And this is this is a time that like. It's unfortunate. It's, it's very tragic to see a young man, 24 years old, fighting for his life and to see grown men. Crying, didn't know how to react. It's just unfathomable. And to me, look, if anybody that knows me, it kind of hit me. I got I, I got a, when I came home last night, I got a little teary. I watching the Ryan Clark thing because I saw clips of this kid. He's only 24 years old. He's a kid. He's a kid playing out his dream. Just like we're doing. We're talking about sports. The one thing that we're so passionate about to me, it hit me. It hit home differently because this is a good kid. This is a family man. And if anybody that knows me, there's nothing more important to me than my family and it hits differently because i don't get to see my family all the time i don't get to see my brother i don't get to see my mother i don't get to see my father my sister and all my other loved ones so it hit differently for me and this is also a kid that's been has a charity the chasing m's foundation community toy drive he just wanted to get some just donate toys to kids that needed it and to see this happen to a situation, it's tragic. It's so sad. And a job well done to all the ESPN workers last night in the sense of Ryan Clark, Scott Van Pelt, uh, Susie Kohlberg, Booger McFarlane, Adam Schefter, Joe Buck, and Troy Aikman for going through a situation where you don't know how to process it all. You don't know how to, how to deal with all that in the moment. And to see these players, to see their teammate, to see their brother, literally on the field, getting CPR, fighting for his life, it just puts the world into perspective. Like, we love sports. People love sports. And people say, and we and we as fans go absolutely bonkers. We're, we lose our minds. Like, it's life or death. You got to think about the other side, too. These are guys that are out there entertaining us, giving us satisfaction as sports fans to watch the best athletes in the world 
And to see this young kid, young man, I should say, fighting for his life, it's just, it's tragic. It's just so sad. It's just so, why? Why has it got to happen? And I also want to say to T. Higgins, I know that he, I, I know he's been dealing with a lot too. Just to see both of these teams, we were here to come on and talk about the biggest game of the year. From standards of conference seeding to Super Bowl aspirations to to the AFC conference, who's going to be the team to beat? That's just an afterthought, Ted. It's just an afterthought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially, I mean, we we're you know we talked about like before the game last night. Like, well, what are we going to talk about? Well, of course, we're going to talk to New York Giants because we're Giant fans. So, like, huge win. They clinched the clinched the playoff berth. <clears throat> you know, the Eagles struggling. The, the one seeds, the implications of the games. Miami loses another one. Bridgewater. I mean, the Patriots. You know, there was so much to talk about. We could have broke down the whole weekend because the whole weekend for NFL, I mean, the college football playoff on Saturday, too. We were going to talk a little bit about that. Both yep. games were the two best semifinals games we've ever seen. We had yep. a great day Sunday last night. And then yesterday was like the finale. And you had maybe the two best teams in all of football right now. It had a great start to the game. And then yep. with about five minutes left in the first quarter. You know, the weird hit. Freaky, I've listened to every pretty much single thing. Um, I've listened to the doctor things where they're talking about, like, something with a regular beat, the timing, the hit. Nothing was – listen, anything could ever happen. You see bigger collisions on the football field and guys yeah. get up. So, yeah. um, you, you kind of said it right. Very tragic, right? You know, the first thing you're like, okay, what the hell's going on? And then you kind of know it's real when, when Joe Buck said they're – doing CPR on the young I think man. you t- I think you texted me because yeah, I was I driving home and I was like, okay, this is bigger than that. This is big. This is yeah, a because big then mom called and they was talking to you and I was like, the CPR. And I'm like, well, CPR means you're dead. He was dead on the field, man. At one point, you're not breathing. So, and every minute, I was listening to doctors say, every minute that you your body stops breathing or loses blood flow to the brain, every minute is 10% less of, of, of livelihood. So... You know, I read, read, read a bunch of things last night, and they say other than a hospital, maybe the best place or situation to have a situation like that happen is the NFL on the football field because those guys and those trainers and those medical staffs go through constant, constant training. So they were prepared for that situation last night. And, you know. I don't think anybody's ever prepared for a situation. Well, you listen, like you don't, you don't, you listen, but here's the thing you always got to prepare for the worst, right? So there's always a situation. And we've seen situations. We've seen guys get taken out in stretchers. We've seen yeah. guys get paralyzed. We see the thumbs up. We're always waiting for the thumbs up and stuff yeah. like that. So, and we're always used to, as football players, is like, even when that happens, we take a five minute break, we kind of recoup, and then we start, we finish the game. Yeah. Last night, when you there saw, was no, when there you, was no way to. Me, when, to me, when you finally, the, the, the cameramen were showing what was transpiring with the players, the, the full on emotion. You yeah, knew there was no there was no possible way of playing a game. There was just it just wasn't yeah. fathomable. There's just you, you couldn't do that. And and people, you know, we had a little group chat going on with some of the other guys, and some guys like bashing the NFL. What took so long? Listen, bro, there's so much stuff that goes into it. You can't just bash the NFL because you think oh blah blah blah. All right, because I oh the NFL is listen. There's a lot of things that go in. You don't just it's in any you got to think about this when anytime there's a crisis. You know, you talk about nine eleven. You talk about situations that happen, bomb threats. There's an incident commander. There's a process in a chain of command where it has to go on. There's a lot of things go on. You know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. There's guys in New York. It's just not like, hey, already, let's make the decision. I get it. That's the easy way. That's the easy person to say to say that on, when you're sitting on your couch. Like, hey, just cancel the game. I get it. 
but you got to find out what's going on first. Let's see what's transpiring. Once you that the CPR well, and stuff. To be listen, honest, I think once you they find said it took it took an hour, but guess what? Maybe it didn't take an hour. Maybe it took a half hour. But time, the chain of command, the communication with the coaches, the communication with the referees, the communication with the F and, um, the NFL personnel, the NFL PA with Troy Vincent. They listen. If you, I was watching, following Twitter, like I was more so than uh, you know TV, and I was just kept refreshing, refreshing, and they were saying, "Listen, coaches made a decision. We're going to bring the teams in. The coaches went to go talk to each other. Referees, they, you know, there was a big discussion. There was just there's a process. I get it. Everyone wants you know stuff like this nowadays, but I thought that at the end of the day, the NFL handled it right. Okay. At, now I, I know I didn't talk about the tragic situation that occurred. It was very tragic. There, there is so much to speak upon that because it doesn't listen, make sense. It's just we, cr- we didn't it play. Just we we never played sense, at that dude. level of football. Well, we played this game. Look, but, but here's every- the thing: there's always this in any sport in life. Okay, when you wake up in the morning, you don't know what your days, how your day is going to transpire. You don't no. know if there's going to be a car accident, something happens. Listen, that's why you can't take life for granted. All right, this is a very tragic event. It has shocked the NFL world. All right, they've already said that the game is going to be postponed. I think it may for it may forever change the NFL at, because at, they at, have to get safer. They have to. Well, get, listen, and, listen, that, and that means this whole seventeen yeah, game. What, and there's watching, nothing they could do about safer. Okay, that play was not a yeah, uh, no in the sense of like drop the seventeen game season. You want to try to protect these players, and I mean it's just well, the Trevor, way it is. The You're playing a Thursday night game. No. Yeah. I got in this with my discussion with one of my my buddies, and I'm like, you know, you blame the NFL, but here's the other thing. And I was like, Charles, they can play again. He's like, when are they going to play? Like, they play tomorrow. I go. He's like, what about the game on Sunday? Well, I said, just move it to Monday. This was, listen, this is you know hypothetical, and I'm not taking anything away. But what I'm saying is, if the NFL really cared about players, they wouldn't play play on Thursday nights. These guys are playing on a Sunday night game or a Sunday afternoon game. Time they go home, change if they're leaving. I don't know what I don't know what the process is from the end of the Sunday game to the Thursday game. But that's literally that's not a four full days because you've already played Sunday. So really all you have is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're playing a day later. So you got three days rest. Yeah. That's not caring for safety of the players because half those guys are barely 75% when they're on the field yeah. on Thursday. So if you really worry about safety, eliminate the Thursday night games. That's not going to happen right now. Amazon has a major contract with them. Maybe that'll be discussed down the road. But what happened last night, was a freak accident and a very tragic accident. That's what it comes down to. All right. Now he is still in critical condition. He's still in the hospital. There is no new prognosis with what has transpired. All right. Now you, what it does. And what I do appreciate is when you watch the Cincinnati fans last night and you watch how people reacted, people started to understand that, that this is more than a game. This is about life. This is about a human being. And, yeah. and, and in a sense, the sports world stopped. Because and I thought you said it perfectly, Trev, too, and then I'll let you take over. Was Susie Colbert, Adam Schefter, Booger Mafara, and I'm not we're not always big fans of Booger, but when you go to break and they're like there's no how do you, like, how do you, de- how do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal what with are you that? supposed to talk about? Like what are you yeah. because you don't have any information, you're mm-hmm. trying to kill time, you're trying to speak about it. I mean, even Scott Van Pelt came on earlier, Ryan Clark literally and him, they talked for the almost the whole time about what you know about player safety about people's livelihood as i thought ryan clark was very eloquent about how he spoke about he didn't speak anything about football spoke about this gentleman this damar hamilton who's 24 years old talk about his family he's like take away football think about his mother whose mother was at the game think about his family who's 
watching this, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, whatever, they're at the hospital right now every minute, every moment, wondering what is going to happen to their son, their brother, their cousin, their nephew, whatever. It's just yeah. – it puts life in perspective when at the end of the day, as much as we love this sport and we love the NFL, it's still just a children's game. It's just a game. And last night, yeah, you said it best with Damar Hamlin's family. Just his mother there. He always right before games. The, I don't know if you saw the clip. It was the Thanksgiving. Yeah, I seen it before. And you said he to came, me afterwards. He, he came to hug his mother. Always hugged his friends. Always hugged his his family. And he was a family man. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He was like I said. He was he had a chair, children's found uh, toy drive. He was just trying to reach twenty five hundred. It is currently up to four and a half million dollars right now. And me and Ted, we have donated on the part of Keys to the City as well. If you get an opportunity, it could be five, it could be 10, it could be $20. It doesn't matter. If you could go out and donate for this young man's charity and help these kids out as well, because there is good that comes from this because people are trying to do whatever they can. You can only do so much, but there's also the bad when you get the Twitter and you get everybody going nuts on social media. Almost just for moments like this, you almost just want to push it aside social media just get it away because it's not about that it, this is bigger than everything it's bigger than ted said it right we're diehard fans of football there's millions of fans that love this game we love it as it's my it's our favorite sport in the world there's nothing better to me than sports for entertainment satisfaction to see the best athletes go out there and perform but they are also ladies and gentlemen human believe beings. it or not they are human beings too they have families, they have kids, they have mothers, fathers, friends, cousins, uncles, grandparents, just like us, okay? And for this kid to be 24 years old, fighting for his life, playing out his dream, that's all he was doing. It's Yeah, I, listen, listen it, it's we have, talk, it, it's, we have it's talked rough, about man. this. It's, we have it's talked rough. about this. The NFL, you know they've definitely talked about when is the day or something a situation where you know listen we listen we have seen tragic events okay I, I was telling Charles in the group chat and I think I told you what I think his name was Scott Erickson he was the forward on the Poland team during the Euro Cup where he Eric just Clawson. collapsed huh Eric Clawson, I believe or something or, like no that? Er, Carl Erickson I think maybe it was something, yeah, something I, like that I hope I don't screw up the name damn I, I had it so close but he, he, he collapsed on the field. Me and Paulie Sanders were talking about it last night. We came over, we were watching the end of the Euro Cup. It was like, whatever. He collapsed on the field. And then they had to revive him on the field. He had cardiac arrest. There was no hit. There was no violent sport. Just mm -hmm. had cardiac arrest. And they, revive, they had to revive him. They brought him to the hospital. Now, in that sense, and this is what's crazy, is they end up finishing the rest of that game. Then when they, yeah, they no. brought up the hospital, he had to find out that they revived. They end up. It was but like this was the hour. this had to, this game had to be stopped. You, yeah, can, you was, can't have yeah. And, and, and I, it was, listen, it was I the get right it. Thing. There's people, you know. We all do. Damn, we just play afterward. You know what about fantasy? I get, listen, listen. We all do. We're all prisoner of the moment. It's okay. But then at the end of the day, you realize what is really inspiring, what is really going on, and then you really understand. You're like, yep, this is bigger than anything else that. Because there is a general, there's a guy's life on the line. Yeah. There is a there's a chance that he might not, you know, ever see the light of day. But what, what's hope? You know, yeah. listen, the whole thing is tragic. I thought the NFL handled it as well as they possibly can. Like you said before, Trevor, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, they could have. You 
you can't really prepare for things like that. You do the best you possibly can. Every circumstance, you know, mm-hmm. has its own problems. So personnel and the and the medical staff, they were on the field as fast as possible. They took care of the situation. They revived him as fast as possible. They brought him back to life. So we will see what transpires in the next, hopefully, 48 hours. Hopefully we'll hear some good news. That's all you can pray for. And, and, and you know, and today is not about talking about anything about football. There's nothing to talk about the Bills, the Bengals, the teams, the, what's going to happen with the playoffs. At the end of the day, who cares about what happens? Both teams are in the playoffs. Both teams are going to do great. Both teams have star quarterbacks. And, and and we saw last year with the Bengals, it didn't matter. They can go on the road all three games and go to the, and win. So, yeah. you know, we'll talk about the games later on this week. But, you know, you just wonder – how this affect both teams going forward this weekend? Maybe even the NFL. How does the NFL happen we'll this talk, weekend with with something? Yeah. If 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 anything else comes about with this, but you know, for a game that had so much hype, in a matter of seconds, the game yep. didn't even matter. If you know, but if you know somebody, if you're around somebody, just give somebody a hug. Tell me, love them. I wish I could today, just because of the factor of. To seeing this young man, I wish I can give you a hug. I wish I could be with you guys right now, as always. You know I miss and love you guys. Cheers. But tomorrow, cheers, brother. I love you, man. I love my family. Yeah, I don't got no Gatorade bottle today. <laughs> I and for Mr. Demar Hamlin, God, please by be by his side, because we don't want to lose a young guy that's doing that tried to do right. That's a good human being. That's what matters most. We're going to take a quick 10-second break. We'll be right back and talk about the New York Giants. I'm back. And ladies and, and, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for Keys to the City on this somber day for the football world sports fans and all Buffalo Bills fans as well to all the Buffalo Bills organization. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you guys. You never want to see a moment like this happen. We're going to try to do our best right now to pivot over to another New York team that is also going to the playoffs. It's the New York Giants. And one of the bigger questions coming into this season and since the day he was drafted was if the New York Giants have found their guy moving forward. Well, I know it's 2023 and it took three and a half going on almost four years for this man. But I think, ladies and gentlemen, the New York Giants have found their guy. I know it's hard to believe for Ted and me because we weren't the biggest fan supporters of Daniel Jones. But after the emphatic win on Sunday, the way he's been playing this year, credit to Brian Dable for doing. I mean, if that man don't win the coach of the year, then shame on the NFL voting process because that man should be a, a, a lockdown for coach of the year, just because of the fact that not just because the giants are in the playoffs, not just because of the fact that the giants with the ta- with the team that they have currently constructed and all they dealt with. And Joe, Joe Shane somehow should be in the consideration for GM of the year because of, I get it that Howie Roseman will probably win because of the moves he's made, but Joe Shane should be in a conversation for just the, the, the decision processing of going out, not trading after a guy like Chase Claypool and going to get a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, who's been the who's come out of nowhere and the New York Giants number one receiver. Now, it's just an amazing job. It's the fact that Daniel Jones, what he's been able to do. That's why Brian Dable should be a, a lockdown. Just I give it to him. Unanimous coach of the year 
for what he's done just based off of Daniel Jones's production this year, Ted. So after the win, the New York Giants are going to the playoffs. They are locked into the 60 no matter what happens this Sunday in Philadelphia. The New York Giants are going to the playoffs for the first time in six years for a franchise that has been pitiful, that has been a laughingstock. A year ago today, or at this time, we were talking about the Giants being the national laughingstock of the sports world because they were running quarterback sneaks. One year later, I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to comprehend that the New York Giants are going to the playoffs with this team currently constructed. Egg currently constructed, and Daniel Jones has been a huge, a major, major part of all of that. So, Ted, when you look at how Daniel Jones has been playing this year, with the way he played on Sunday, is Daniel Jones and Big Blue? Future set would I should say DJ as their guy now. Yeah, uh, here here's what I, I'll be realistic on this too. Right? Is he the future for the long term? I don't know that. Right? But he has earned a a reboot contract from the New York Giants. He's he's earned some money. All right. And if the Giants want to be cheap about it, there'll be enough teams definitely crawling for his. There will be teams that – you said that teams skill, wouldn't go after Daniel skill. Jones not too long ago. There will be he, teams that would go after him. Yeah, he's he's earned a deal. He's earned a deal, all right? Maybe a better deal than what I was talking about two, three weeks ago. But he's earned a deal. He's I was talking two years and about $45 million. Maybe he's earned a three-year three deal worth about $75 million. Maybe that's maybe that's something that the Giants think about. And mm-hmm. listen, and maybe it's something where it's a team-friendly – Kind of deal where, like, listen, we'll get more money up front. And then, it, listen, because here's the thing. How do you – once you become successful, how do you maintain success? And then how do you grow and be better? You know what I mean? Like, you think about the great quarterbacks in the NFL, right? They're really good. But how do they continue to get better to improve their craft, right? You know, you want to see every quarterback. Like Mahomes, he's gotten better and better. I understand that maybe – I mean, this year, again, 5,000 yards. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the 50 touchdowns, but I think this year's Patrick Mahomes is maybe the best Patrick Mahomes we've seen, even even without um, without discounting the MVP seeding. You take away Tyreek Hill, which, honestly, man, that's just, that was a huge hit. That really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what he did for Miami. So you lose a guy at that caliber – and then you get a bunch of twos and whatnot and kind of a little dysfunction in the offseason. He he has – I think Patrick Williams is, like I told you, is still the best quarterback in the league. But getting back to the question, Danny Dimes is earned a contract. Honestly, after watching this game this Sunday, it was the most impressed I've seen. I was actually, for the first time, very pleased to say Daniel Jones is my quarterback. I was, like, very pleased. I was happy for him. Everything – now, listen, I get it. The Colts stink. All right, but that doesn't make a difference. You got to beat up on bad teams. Played, he played great. He really did, man. I told you. I think I texted. I think it was the best I seen Daniel Jones play in his four years as a New York Giant. Best game I think he's ever played as a New York Giant. Take even the Washington game where he had five touchdowns like two years ago. Best game I thought. In and out, everything from the control of the offense. I thought he looked confident in all his decision making. He his throws. Listen, I saw some arm strength that I'm not used to seeing. Pinpoint accuracy. Mm -hmm. I saw a tenaciousness about his running game, the athleticism. Listen, I knew he was athletic, but he was running away from people. And then I watched him. I don't think he uses, I don't think he uses it enough. I don't think the giants allow him to do so, but I also think the giants do so because they want to protect him. But listen, I mean, running the linebacker over, you know, at the corner of the end zone, he had two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. I mean, if you look at his numbers, the last two weeks against Mm -hmm. Minnesota, and then this week against the Colts, 
Yeah. He's up there at one of the five or ten best quarterbacks, at least in the last couple of weeks, of play. You know what I mean? You look at the stats, the running, the passing, completion percentage, quarterback rating. I think that I just saw on Twitter, he was the number one quarterback this week, I think, on quarterback rating in general play, like when you add in Russian passing stat, the whole nine yards. What was he, Trev? I was just looking at it before. What was he? Uh, 19 to 24, 177 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Listen, I get it. It's not 300. It's not 400. Who gives who gives, all right? He had that, the, the, he had that the, the week before, if you remember. He had 330-something yards, too. And then the, and the he Vikings. also added 91 yards and two touchdowns. But everything was efficient. He yeah. he he really has constructed this offense into something special. And, it, like, you started the conversation off. All credit has to go to Brian Dable, bro. He's what, what, had three offensive coordinators, two different head coaches. I think this is his third head coach, four offensive coordinators. You can finally see when you get the right coach, and especially an offensive-minded coach. Get over, look at what Doug Peterson has done for Trevor Lawrence, man. Mm-hmm. Look with Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. I mean, you see offensive-minded coaches helping certain quarterbacks out, and what a difference it makes. And Daniel even Jones, da- even Dave, what he and, did and with Josh will, Allen. And this is another thing I will finish off with. This in the sense is. Just listen to an article, and we have talked about this. We talked about this last week when we were at work. I said, look at all the top quarterbacks in the league. What division, what conference are they all in? Majority of the best quarterbacks, seven of the top eight quarterbacks are probably all in the AFC. Hmm. So when you look at it, who is Daniel Jones competing against in the NFC? It's Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts in his own division. And then who, what, Kyle Murray? Can I really trust that guy? Can Aaron Rodgers and Brady are like, they're going to be out soon. They're, bro, they're out. Matthew they're Stafford's out. going to be retiring. And Daniel Jared, Jones. Jared, Jared, you got Jared Goff. Who's been I guess so. And Daniel Jared Jones Jared. already beat Aaron Rodgers earlier this season. Yep. And this is all done without any number one receiver. I believe his number one receiver at this time right now was eighth on the depth chart when the season started. Who? All right. We've had multiple injuries on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. We've had bad protection. Neil was out. We had no protection through the guards and center. We've had our tight end we lost with like an eye socket, like puncture wound, whatever. We've had every receiver go down. So you speak about what he has become. I think I sent you something on TikTok. It'll never be questioned, but Daniel Jones at least should be considered in the top five for MVP voting for what he has done for this New York Giant team and yeah. where he and what he has accomplished. I mean, I other than like maybe even the Patriots, no team has worse personnel on the offensive side than the New York Giants. No, I can't think of a team off the top of my head that has worse personnel. Maybe the Bears. Maybe the Houston. Bears. Maybe the maybe Houston. the Patriots. Houston. All right, that's why they're the number one pick. They suck. All right, but we're talking we're talking about a team that's one game away from winning 10, 10 games. They've had double digit losses since two thousand sixteen when they went to the playoffs. They coming into the season, if you remember, the New York Giants and the New York Jets also did have the worst record tied for the worst record coming into the season. So to think that where we pictured the New York Giants franchise coming into the season, we just pictured them to be hopefully six, seven wins and just to get some sort of positivity moving forward. To see that the Giants are nine, six and one and could possibly maybe win Sunday against a team that's fighting. But we'll see. We will. We'll talk about that later in the week to see if they're going to play. How the how should they handle that to see them be a nine, six and one already in the playoffs? They're one of the few teams. And that's the fascinating part about this is that other than the Giants, 
the Chargers, and the Buccaneers, I believe, are the only three teams that are locked into where they are. Everybody else is playing for seeding. That's what I mean by locked in. Like, they're locked into it. So if they lose a win, no difference. There's no difference. It does not matter what happens. Those teams are staying where they are and will be playing in the playoffs. That's all that matters. So to see Daniel Jones and and Ted, I I agree with you. I think Daniel Jones deserves some some sort of consideration for MVP. The way he's – it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And he's been delivering. Got the, the, this giant franchise right now. Last year they were tied dead last, or I believe dead last, with thirty turnovers as a team. They are tied for first in the NFL right now. I believe he only has five picks all season. He his fumbles have like gone away. I can't remember the last. I, mean, I think he has like eight. Not, I think he has eight away. turnover. I think he has eight turnovers overall as a quarterback and, this year. And Trevor, to see what they've done with him, well, with the, the weapons thing, that Trevor, they've had, it's just fascinating. They should have beat Washington. In the first one, should it be Washington? The tie is a joke. So there's your tenth win, and I listen. I'm not going to play the game. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, but I'm going to say it. I don't give. That's what I do. Okay, the Giants should have beat Washington. They didn't. All right, and they should have beat Minnesota. They should be 11 win team. And if the Giants had any personnel against Dallas in the first game of the season, well, not first game, the fourth game of the season, but the first time they played Dallas, they had Dallas at the end. They were close. That game was down to the wire at home. They had an opportunity. To beat Dallas, I get it. Dak Prescott was not playing at that time, but doesn't matter. The Giants had a chance to win. This team could easily be 10-11 win team. But it doesn't matter what they're not. It's what they are. They're a 9-win team. They're in the playoffs. This is the best we've seen the New York Giants play since their postseason run in 2016. All right? And this feels, as a Giant fan, it feels genuine. It feels good. There's no, we didn't buy five free agents in the offseason and we got really hot. This is just a nitty-gritty, hard-nosed, blue-collar team coached really well, and that's it. There's it's nothing spectacular about the Giants. And that's, what makes it, and that's what makes it so much fun to watch this team because wait till Joe Shane still scalps out all the rest of that scar tissue and that cap hell that Dave Gettleman – Put over us, all right. Mm-hmm. Once he starts clearing up the space and move, and finding finding the hole, he's going to do exactly what he did with the Buffalo Bills. He's going to start bringing in young, great personnel through the draft and through free agency, and you're going to mm-hmm. watch this team grow right in front of your eyes. And you're going to start looking at this team. And Charles Reeder is going to lose that bet that the Giants might make the Super Bowl and be in the Super Bowl in the next five years. Well, we'll Just don't forget, he did bet you. I know. We still we have proof. Well, time will tell. We'll see how the New York Giants plays out. Also, by the way, I saw something that Joe Shane, his last year as Buffalo Bills GM, he did draft. He was part of the draft of Demar Hamlin too. So we're thinking about those guys too because they were part of the Buffalo Bills community. Brian Dabo and Joe Shane. Like I said, on this somber type day for fans around the world, sports fans and football fans specifically, if you know somebody, if you're close to them, call them. Reach out to them, text them, hug them, love them. That's it. It's a basic, it's a basic day. Ted, I guess I'll see you soon enough too. Talk to you later, ladies and gentlemen. We're keys of the city. See you next episode. We are out. You are now in tune to the Keys to the City podcast. 